Hey guys! Hi, welcome to Mystery Osiris and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir. Aaron, I want to talk about elevators for a second here. This has nothing to do with... <laughs> no, this is nothing we have talked about today at all. No, it mostly it came up and I was going to tell you and then time passed and Great. I decided I'm going to tell you right now. Alright. Uh, effectively, this comes out of because I saw one of those posts that's like... Here are these like weird things that people do that like don't make any sense. Number one, the the thing that I read is mostly it sounds like this is one person's thing <laughs> that they notice people do that confuses them. Okay. Um, but one of the things they had in there is that old like I want to call it like easy intellectual thing where people are like, why do you always face the door in an elevator? It's just an elevator on all sides. And I'm like, why would you face the door? What? Yeah, the door is where you exit. <laughs> well, because I, I always feel like there's this group of group of people who like to be like, yeah, and then like we'll do a test where we stand the elevator face the wrong way, and everyone freaks out. And we like, yeah, because why would you do that? I mean, no one freaks out because no one actually cares what other people do. No, it's like it's weird because why? Why wouldn't you watch the place where you're going to exit so you can exit more efficiently? Like if I like if I saw the um the you know the door open and there's someone facing the other way and I was like a jerk, I would just punch him in the spine very quickly and run away. What are they going to do? They didn't see me coming. They don't know where the door is. They don't know where the door is. They apparently. don't know where you went. Yeah, they don't know what happened. But like there's this there's this trend of people yeah. who like the, like like they don't want to be actually philosophical or any actual like thoughts yeah. or like. Well, why do we face this? Like, society is a side we have like, to face this way in the elevator. Ha, ha, ha. The world controls our thoughts. But actually... <laughs> no, why would you face, not face the door? Like, I feel like if we were on the elevator with a dog... Yeah? Even if we looked wherever, the dog would face the door. Because the dog would be like, hmm, I understand how I leave this box. There's a door. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like... You walk on and like, well, we'll turn around eventually. But for now, I'll stare at this back wall. And, like, the parallel of this is sometimes you're in an elevator that has doors on both sides. Yeah. And I will say, normally when I'm in one of those elevators and I don't know where it's going to open. I just pick a door. <laughs> no, I, like, stand with, I, you know how there's, like, the long sides where the doors are and the yeah. short sides where no door? Oh, so you sit there ready for either one to yeah, open? Yeah, my back faces the no door and I'm like, I'm prepared. I will exit this place very efficiently. <laughs> no one will know that I have no idea which door is the one. My goal in life is always efficiency. Yeah, mostly that was just like a talk about like the the people yeah. who try who try to be smart by saying like society has done this, but shut up. I hate people who want to be hey, smart. Hey, you know what? Some societal constructs are not bad. Sometimes society makes us more efficient, and right. also that's like how we get along. Societal norms they teach us how to interact with people and how to know what to expect. Yeah. And we like that. Yeah. And since, you know, it's all about interacting with people, we can segue into now the OC. Which we watched. We've been... Just now. Just now, you guys. Yeah, we 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 just watched the OC. Like, it was... It's, uh... It's been, like, seven minutes since we stopped watching. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's fresh in our minds, or, you know, as fresh as it ever is. But we have formulated no jokes. <laughs> I do not know what my CW moment is. Let's go! All right, this is episode 12, The Secret. The Secret. Well, so we're starting, we're watching Veronica Mars. Yes. yes. This episode starts and continues with the Dandy Warhols. We used to be friends. A long time ago. 
Well, I know it's the name of the song, so we used to be friends. I'm, I'm just... not I'm not quoting the song. I'm saying the title of the song. The title of the song is We Used to Be Friends. Yes, and it is the theme song for Veronica Mars and also this episode. The theme song for <laughs> Seth Cohen. Yes. <laughs> who dances to it. Maybe. He's, he's 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 shimmying. He's grooving. Yeah, and then he's faking an illness. He does not want to go to school. No, no. Because also a plot of this episode is when bad things happen, you want to stay home. But you cannot stay home. <laughs> bad thing. Bad things uh, need to be dealt with. Exactly. When you're a grown up, you can't pretend you have a dentist appointment because you don't want to go to a meeting at your work. People will call you on it. So a few I things. Mean, no, they won't. So a few things we learned from this uh, from this beginning part. Uh, Seth doesn't want to go to school because he's awkward about um, mm-hmm. the whole deal with Anna and Summer. Ryan continues to be funny. <laughs> Um, his, okay, his joke in this episode is amazing, and it takes Sandy a while to cotton on. Yeah, it's got summer flu and might need some antibiotics. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, also, he's the rational one because he's like, you should probably talk to them and apologize. Yeah, I wrote down Ryan is Seth's father. Which is weird because I feel like even though I guess Ryan usually is pretty rational, I feel like he's also the kind of guy who more often than not just goes like, nah, man, I'm just going to let things happen. I'm not going to say anything. But now he's got like, he's got a little bit more, more he, pep in his step. I mean, at this point, he has lived with Seth for five months. He's got an he idea of going like, on. He just like, he can't not talk. It's the Seth Cohen fever. You gotta talk just to hear yourself talk. We also got a little jokes about um Julie still being hungover. Now, to be clear, I don't think that signifies this is the next day. No, I don't <laughs> know how long after Thanksgiving this is. Context clues make me think I like mean, four days. I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say two days. The reason why is because Eventually, Kirsten talks to Julie, mm-hmm. and Julie mentions, like, it's like, well, I had to explain why you weren't here, and Kirsten said, I was at work, which makes me think one day went by, this okay. is the day after that. So this is what I know about American Thanksgiving. You have dinner on Thursday. Yeah. On Friday, you have Black Friday. Then Saturday and Sunday happen, which are also recovery days. Then Monday happens. Yeah. Then on Tuesday, you go back to Yoga Lotties. No, this is probably Tuesday. Yeah. I think this is Tuesday well, as well. Uh, it might be Monday. I, I imagine that Kirsten works I, whenever she wants. I have to imagine for context and for no other reason, just to like make Julie's statement make sense. Because I do think she was working on the weekend. Yeah. But I don't think the Yoga Lotties retreat would start on a Saturday. You think it would be Sunday? I think it would be Monday. Yeah? Yes. So, guys, in Canada, Monday is usually also a holiday. Like, usually there's Thanksgiving Friday. The, 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 I don't know. The, the point is that I think this is the first day of school. Yeah. So, I, I think this is, like, a Tuesday. I think there could have been, like, a work yoga day. If they day. had Monday off, it's a Tuesday. If they did not have Monday off, it's a Monday. But I think they had a day off because fancy school. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Ju- they make jokes about Julie still being hungover. Who knows? You keep saying Julie, but you mean Kirsten. Yeah, whatever. Um... Yeah, so Ryan and Seth are, sorry, Ryan and Sandy are, like, super smug. Yeah. And they only give good advice. Also, they call them the noopsies. I was right. The rich women are the noopsies. I don't know if I ever said it was wrong, because noopsies make sense, because Newport. Oh, yeah. Yeah? You're just like, I don't know, Aaron. I only called them the rich women. You called them the noopsies. Yeah, just because it only happened in that one time, and now, once again, this time. Now it's come back. (laughs) You know, let's talk about how there's this funny thing where... (laughs) 
Um, it's essentially Ryan and uh, Sandy being smug about how they didn't do anything wrong. And then Julie's like, well, knowing you guys will do something wrong soon. And I'm like, is this setting up for something in the episode will be like, they did something wrong? And like, but no, it no, it does not. It just keeps railing down on Kirsten and Seth. Yes, and Ryan and Sandy continue to do things right. <laughs> yes. Credits. So... They're Isn't finally in the class. An insane classroom where they also like very fancy wooden tables and no one faces the teacher. Yeah. No, my social studies classroom was set up like that. What? We, we were all, yeah, circular tables, not fancy tables, but circular tables. And that huh. was, and none of us faced the um, the front. It wasn't lines. It was, it was uh, pods, essentially. Crazy. I took like very advanced social studies. Yeah. And... We had several, like, tiny rows where you were still with your friends, and those faced the teacher. And once, I think we sort of had pods, but it was, like, four desks pushed together. I've had that as well, yeah. And we still somehow also faced the teacher. No, we've – I've I've done – in my time in high school, I remember a lot of pods. Well, I went to high school during the OC, and this seems oddly progressive. But maybe I just didn't know it would come in five years. Okay. Hey, guys. Kevin's five years younger than me. Context clues. Clues are in there. Um, uh, so Luke returns the series with what I have described as sad rage eyes. Sad rage eyes. However, also... Luke, so Luke has, Luke has a little bit of a Ryan going on where he, he likes to look down and look underneath his brows at people. Yeah, he's just been tired lately. That's why yeah. he hasn't been in any episodes. Yeah. So they're in socials. History. history and they have to work on group projects, which will comprise of 30% of their grade. Yep. In addition to, like, tests and book reports and, like, normal shit. Yeah. And, um... Thanks for explaining class. (laughs) Yes. The teacher has had many requests for partners, so he will select randomly. Which, yeah. Which is fine, but then the camera immediately cuts away, so he does not have to show us what his random selection process is. He just lists out some words and some character (laughs) names. Yeah, he reads them off. Either he was like, this would be dramatically accurate... Like, this would be good. This would be very... Like, this would make some good drama going on. Or he prepared ahead of time. I, or, like, a computer is telling him what to say. Yeah, I think he probably prepared ahead of time. But he says, I will select randomly. Yeah. No, no, he did. Well, well, you gotta do that, especially in teen drama high, or else you're just gonna get all the couples going together. And what you really need is arch enemies. Yeah. Or, like... One person is arch enemies with the other person, but the other person is best friends with the first person. Yeah, we we get one group, but one pair before we get to spoiler alert. It's Luke and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, one group before that, and I assume they are also also arch nemesis. But the thing you guys don't realize is Ryan. Oh, Luke is his arch nemesis, but Luke Ryan's his best friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes, that is how this progresses. Yeah, but think of the Spanish Inquisition Which and like there's some there's some like prodding from uh, Seth and Marissa when they're like off on lunch, being like Marissa being like, "Well, maybe you'll be friends." I'm like, you know what? For a moment, they were best friends. They were best friends. I it mean, happened already. Once again, maybe not Ryan to Luke, but definitely Luke to Ryan. Also, during the scene, we talk like a lot of sass about what Anna wears. Marissa is wearing a cropped polo t-shirt and an absurdly skinny scarf. Well, you know, she got a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, costume advice from Anna. It is a, I mean, the skinny scarf, fine. The cropped polo, 
fine. But together is a bugs you. Together is a lot. I wore a skinny scarf in my day. I still wear a pointless skinny scarf sometimes. You'll wear that with a tank top. Aaron, I've been watching uh, a lot of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is an anime, and I know you have not watched it. Great. It is um, part anime, part fashion show. So I'm going <laughs> to say right now, clothing, like, I don't know what's normal clothing anymore. Because these characters wear so many belts and, like, half shirts and yeah. some sort of, like, weird bandana that looks like a two-sided crown. Yeah, not off-brand. <laughs> not incorrect. It is, it is It is bizarre. It is bizarre. Also, during the scene, Seth claims that he is the victim. Well, he keeps saying he's the victim. He has been saying that all episode. The women, they just threw themselves upon him. What was he to do? I mean, like, a lot. Yeah. There was a lot he could have done. I mean, I mean, Seth is being a teenager. The TV this, show also acknowledges this, there's a lot he could have this, done. This is, well, this is the most accurate representation of a teenager in TV. Ever. Yeah. By, Other than maybe Degrassi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we have a short scene where Sandy and Jimmy are, like, doing their law and hanging out. Yeah. And Sandy recommends that Jimmy should just sneakily sell the house. <laughs> And you did not set up any of this. Okay, so what? the reason that Jimmy has to sell his house, Aaron... We already established this earlier. He has to pay back all of the money. Aaron, we just, Aaron, do you know the last time they talked about this was? Yeah, like... Four episodes ago. I remember four episodes ago. Don't you guys? So, Jimmy has to pay... Has to restitute all the money. Yeah. So, and the only way he's going to be able to do that is by selling the house. Yeah. You're... <laughs> The TV show told us this. The TV show didn't even tell this in the in the last time on. I know it didn't even do it in the previously, but I don't know. Sometimes I people, remember. Aaron, sometimes four people forget. Sometimes people forget. Okay, <laughs> just so you guys know. Yes. So so Jimmy will not go to jail. He needs to pay back all the money. The only way he's going to pay back all the money is by selling the house. Because the house is worth like like two thirds of all of the money that he spent. Yeah. And Jimmy's like, well, but it, but like, I can't, I can't kick out Julie. Oh yeah, and Caitlin, right? Caitlin's there too. Okay, but the thing is, if he does not sell the house and he goes to jail, I feel like the courts would still seize the house. Well, actually, what Jimmy exactly says is that if he goes to jail, Julie will not be able to afford the house. So the at house which point is not the bank will the, the bank will. Okay, but either way, like the court. I feel like what I know of law, not a lawyer. Yeah. Briefly dated a lawyer, not a lawyer. I still feel like the courts would be like, oh, these are all of your assets. We're seizing all this stuff to repay these um, peeps. I, I don't know if they specifically can or do they, that. Like, I, I think they could legislate you have to sell your assets. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. What that's what they're doing. And if he refuses to do that, they put him in jail. Yeah. That's essentially what they're doing. It's like, you have to sell all your stuff. And he's like, no. And they're like, you're going, going to jail. jail. And also, all your things will be seized. Uh, so Sandy thinks, we've established this, Sandy thinks that Jimmy should just put the house on the market and set up um, showings when Julie is not home and Caitlin is at school. Caitlin's at her boy fight club. So, essentially. <laughs> he wants to still sell the house. Yes, he yes. wants to sneakily sell it from under her feet. Sandy comes up with a lot of like weird subterfuges episode, and I'm actually kind of liking it. <laughs> it's a really good plan because he does it so low key. It's like because you're so used to Sandy just like pulling out these great ideas, and you're like, "Oh, good job, Sandy. These are some solid ideas." And he's like, "Hey, Jim, you know what you should just do? Just sell the house without your wife knowing." And you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, okay, okay, Sandy." Wait, what? <laughs> 
him to sell his house without his wife the knowing. The people who are living in the house knowing. <laughs> without them ever knowing that it's and happening. And somehow Jimmy will still pay for his apartment. But Julie... He's renting his apartment for sure. I still assume. Except for the fact that they painted it. I think his apartment is like a show suite. And so when Kirsten has to like (laughs) sell more apartments in the complex, she's like, come see my show suite. And that's where Jimmy lives. With this sad man eating cereal. No, no. He like puts on a suit and it's like, look, here's an actor. He's a businessman who's going to work. (laughs) And people are like, excuse me, it's 2 p.m. And they're like, it's a simulation. Also, that's Jimmy Cooper. We uh, know who he is. We've hired him as an actor. He has a new career. <laughs> um, <sighs> now, right into the women's bathroom, where um, Summer is, and uh, Marissa are having a talk on and off the toilet. And then Marissa leaves the room. She leaves the situation. And does not in say. the okay. middle of a conversation. So, yes. <laughs> we have to contextualize this. Okay, let's, yeah, let's. Middle of conversation. They're talking about Ryan and Luke well, and no. Seth well, and. Specifically what they're talking about is the fact that Marissa had lunch with Seth. And that's not okay. Yeah. So Marissa goes to leave the room, the bathroom, with not acknowledging it. As she goes to leave, Anna walks in. She does not say, hi, Anna, or Goodbye, Summer. She, like, she just leaves. And, like, the timing is so weird on this because, like, the door opens, she turns, Anna walks in. As like, at that moment, Marissa was like, I'm leaving this situation. And no word, hot foot sit away. She, like, makes eye contact with Anna and is like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> no, not going to deal with this. Not going to deal with this. So Summer still thinks she's talking to Marissa. And she walks out. And Anna's there. Yeah. But they blonde over the they blonde they bond over the fact that neither of them really want to deal with Seth and Anna is flossing. Yes, Anna continues to see the end game. She's somehow like she wins over Summer. She talks about how she doesn't want to be with Seth because she doesn't want to be with a guy who does this ish. Yeah, which like yeah. that's a very mature and very grown yeah. up yeah. for a sixteen year old. And, uh, and Summer, well, is, you know, a thirty year old who looks sixteen. And Summer is easily tricked. So the two of them floss together. Yep. And when they leave the bathroom. BBFs. Seth, we used to be friends place. And Seth <laughs> sees them and tries to talk to both of them. Well, he tries to talk to Summer. No, Anna. And Anna, then Summer. And then sees Summer. And then he's like, ooh, ooh, moo. And, and then Anna formulates her plan, which is to do what I will call awkward combat. Which is where she Becomes does the, the same thing she did before. <laughs> before she was like, I hate Summer. And Seth likes Summer. I'll make friends with Seth and win him over. Now, she hates <laughs> Seth. And Summer sort of likes Seth, but mostly hates Seth. So she's going to be friends with Summer. To win Seth over. Anna is like this... She's, Anna fights through other people so much. Anna is essentially a chess master. Yeah, she she likes to battle in proxy wars. Because she'll always come out ahead. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh... Kirsten heads off to Yoga Lotties, where the noopsies are noopsy, being awful. Just noopsying up yeah, all over the place. They're just being. They are sassy to her. Julie is a little bit sassy to her as well. They. I'm like, I thought Kirsten had a job, but I guess not. This is. I mean, they don't like her having a job. This is one of those things where, like, I look at this. I look at this scene, and I'm like, this is the closest. That a non-fantasy series can have to having actual harpies. 
Like you can picture you can picture those those women with like bird bottoms and wings just flapping around and, and screeching. Just like, I would also like some hair of the dog. <laughs> yeah, they, they literally do the, the high class like, thing. It's <laughs> and also, terrible. I'm like, I'm like, oh, 100% of you all got drunk on yeah, Thanksgiving. Everyone, you were all drunk on Thanksgiving. Everyone passed out before the turkey was served. It's, it's just that Kirsten was, just that Julie wasn't, so she could tell that Kirsten was. Exactly. Yeah. But also, Yoga Lotties, could we not have a more 2004 reference? I also did Yoga Lotties in 2004. It was mostly push-ups in my basement yeah. on a yoga mat. I mean, it's mostly just fun to say. Just so you guys know, Yoga Lotties, push-ups with some downward dog. All right. Uh, then... then we go to Luke's massive house, which is somehow super chaotic. Well, yeah, it is, it is like a bro house. He has, like, a super nice mom yeah. and two super not aggressive. Aggressive is not the right word, but he has super, like, on yeah. little brothers. Yeah, and one was wearing a football jersey, so you know they like the footballs. And they just want to wrestle for uh, something. They're, 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 uh, they are look like they're the same age. They're not twins. They're not twins, so they they, they got to be, be, like, Irish. No, I think they're, like, Irish twins, like, nine months apart. Oh, that could be it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, they, they are, if you watch any sort of show at all, and there's two young kids, two young boys, these are those two young boys. Yep. And somehow, even though they have a, like, 4,000-square-foot mansion, these boys are everywhere in the entrance way. At all times. And the mom just wants to make them a snack. Oh, my God. Do you guys want a snack? Ryan, do you want a snack? Who wants a snack? This, this house was built out of stereotypes. Oh, and how. <laughs> like, its its foundation is just stock characters. Which, no surprise, Luke comes out of this house. <laughs> yeah, no surprise there. <laughs> So Luke comes down the stairs. He's like, oh, hey, we don't need a snack. We'll just work on our project. And then the dad bustles in. The dad yeah. is like, oh. And the boys are like, oh, 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 let's play some sports games. <laughs> and the dad's like, let's throw on the ball, dad. Oh, no. I got to go back to work. I'm just dropping off your mom's car. Let me kiss your mom. Let me wrestle with you guys. Hey, Ryan, make sure that Luke takes this seriously. Bye, everyone. I'm the dad. And and it's like he's like yeah I did history in school and now I own a whole whole bunch of car dealerships wow I believe he says I did history in school and now I sell some cars the mom's like nay 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 he's a he owns all the car dealerships he owns a bunch he owns in, in other cities he, everyone's like ha 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 now that's the noopsies Aaron these are the noopsies but no the mom is not a noopsie yeah, she's not noop- mean enough that's what, that's what I mean like like that laugh you did that's the noopsies laugh. <laughs> You can't, you can't just describe I this to other people. I was trying to do the dad laugh. No, no. Who's that? <laughs> I, I gave him a wah. I don't know why. I said like wah, wah, Luigi. Some fickle gu- finger gums. Yeah. No. Uh, but they head on up to do some research. And this is when we this is when we remember that, oh, yeah, Ryan is Luke's best friend. <laughs> Luke is extremely prepared. Because Ryan's like, well, what do you want to do? And Luke bros out all over this Luke, research. Hey, buddy, I got some books. I did the internet. We're going to my dad's work. He has all of these connections. I figured we'd do sort of like a photo presentation with some real sweet transitions. Go to my dad's place and print off all this stuff. He has like a real fancy printer. I did all the work already. Why don't we go and snap some appies and get this job done? Hey, Sandoz, Sandoz before we work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> Even in this moment, Ryan's like, oh, right. I am Luke's best friend. I forgot. 
lot. No, all right. All right. Let's get this presentation cracking. Presentation is done. <laughs> so we're going to go into that more. But first, we have a brief scene where um, we learn that Jimmy Cooper has super ugly bare feet. And Marissa has winter clothes that Julie has to pack up. Also, Julie yeah. will not sell the house. That's the point of the scene. Yeah, so Jimmy calls Julie, who continues to be evil. She will not sell the house. This is her home. He says, maybe, well, maybe you should go to jail, Jimmy. Maybe you should go to jail. And you're like, again, Julie. Like, Julie, sell down. You live in this house. You gotta, set, you gotta settle down a little bit. You benefited from this lifestyle. Like, calm. Calm yourself, Julie. Also, Marissa's winter clothes have to go to Jimmy's house. <laughs> well, because winter's coming up. Winter is coming. It's November, Aaron. But not like on the Oath. No, not like on Riverdale. It will not be like River on Winterdale. No, no. Nope. But it is November, so they're going to have their sweet Oath, their sweet you know, Californian winter. There will be Christmica. Which, which for them is very, very cold, and for us is summer. I mean, you can tell it's getting vaguely cold because the girls are still wearing their short outfits, but like. <laughs> There's Seth, leggings now. Yes, there are leggings, and Seth is wearing a sweater. Over his t-shirt. All right. So Luke and Ryan have to head off to the dealership. And somehow they get into the building without anyone being there. I guess Luke has keys. So what kind of professional grown-up adult gives his 16-year-old keys to his professional grown-up building? Just ask. Maybe Luke stole them. Yes. Maybe Luke stole them. Maybe Luke knows where the spare key is hidden. I feel like that's... It's interesting because he goes there because they're going to print stuff off. Like, they want to use his printer. Yeah, it's, like, legitimate reason. Yeah. So, which means that he didn't say, oh, you know what? He may have borrowed his mom's. That's true. He'd say, hey, mom, I'm going to dad's work. I'm going to dad's work. It's after hours. Yeah, could I borrow the use... key just in case? Like, yeah, yeah. Because, like, because here's the thing. If you go up to a place and just expect someone to let you in, he could be in the back. That's true. And there could also be a lockbox. Like, yeah. that's legitimate. I'm, it's I'm after a... hours. He's like, hey, I'm going to dad's work. I want to print yeah, something. Yeah, I'm willing yeah. to give this one a pass. And I think it makes sense. So they get there. They're, like, super excited because there's a really cool new car in. It's this interesting thing where, where I'm like, I feel like this is going to go badly. And it does, but not in the way you'd expect. Because Luke is so excited about the cars. Yeah. You think he's going to, like, F up one of the cars. And blame And blame Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, but or no. he's going to or he's going to do it on purpose, like like. Yeah. But, but like, no, no, no. Ryan is Luke's friend. <laughs> so they're in the car. Luke thinks it's awesome. They turn up yeah. the radio, and then the most '90s thing. It's not '90s. This is 2004, but still, the yeah. most '90s thing happens ever. Yeah. These two men in suits walk in, like rumbling about things. Yeah. And it's Luke's dad and some other guy. I think. I think they actually gave him a name, like, he was waiting in the car for him when he leave. Gary? Or something like something that. Something with a G. And so... Garl. His name was Garl. <laughs> so, uh, Luke's dad and Gar... Luke's dad's name is Karsten, I think. Yes. Which is hilarious, because he sells cars. <laughs> so yeah! Karsten, Karsten and Garl! <laughs> Karsten and Garl wander into the business. They're chit-chatting about things. They turn to face each other. Big, intense look. No, no. They hold hands. No, first big, intense look, and then they hold hands. Ah, yes. And you can see, in this moment, Garl's wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And then they have, like, I know, it's the most awkward kiss ever. They have a very chaste kiss. It's a very chaste. You can see both of these, their wedding rings. These are two straight actors 
who have never played a gay man before. And don't really know what they're doing, but they're giving it their they're, all. They're giving it their best. They they give a first date. This does not seem like an affair. This seems like a first date. It's like these men have been hanging out for like six months, and now they're like, now is the moment. Hey, hey, hey Garl, what if we kissed each other? Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens if we kiss each other. You know, Seth Cohen and Ryan Atwood, they're kissing friends. I heard that on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Are they kissing friends? That is a reference you made in the last episode. I forgot. <laughs> okay. Um, Seth <laughs> likes to kiss Anna like he likes to kiss Ryan. I do not remember that gag. <laughs> that bit does not seem like something that I did. I'm so glad I made that joke and it did not land. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a very it's a very 90s TV gay couple kiss. Yeah. And because they don't want to kiss too much. That would be too much for the censors. And I do feel like it's probably very progressive. And this is a big deal. It's 2004. Yeah. This yeah. plot is still... I mean, Friends did it 10 years earlier, but that was with women. Yeah. This And this man has grown up sons. Like, yeah. this is still a big deal. And it and it freaks Luke out. Yeah. He, he sets hops up, out of the car. He <laughs> sets off an alarm. Well, they had the car before. He, like, he like falls back, sets off the car alarm. and They all try to gather up all of their things. I'm impressed that he didn't do the thing where, like, he didn't notice because he knows Luke was there. Mm-hmm. And then he, Luke's like, oh, don't, don't tell anyone. And Ryan's like, okay. And they run away. So great. The show still does something, like, very stereotypical. Yeah. But even for its time, not in a stereotypical way. Yeah. Thumbs up. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. So what you drinking tonight? Um, Tonight, I bought some rosé again because, guys, it's summer. This is going to be a theme. Um, okay. Kevin and I went out for dinner before this. Then we walked to the liquor store directly across the street. This rosé is called Bitch Bubbly. Which is the entire reason you bought it. Yes. Yes. Well, no, I know I wanted rosé, but well, then yeah. I was like, oh, hello. That's the reason you bought that one. Come to me, please. Mm. And I forgot. It's not cold. I I don't know. For some reason, I was like, oh, yeah. I bought it off of the chill, the thing. Yeah. No. No. I bought it off the shelf, and I yeah. did not chill it when I came here. You didn't put it in the fridge? No. I just poured it. Oh. Aaron. I know. Aaron. I don't know why. I just, and I like, we went to our mom's house after dinner to like pick something up and I brought it into the house because still at that point I was like, this wine is chilled. Even if it was chilled when you got it, it is 30 degrees outside. I cannot leave this in my car. It is 30 degrees Celsius outside. I know. (laughs) It's still good, but I said to uh, Darcy, which is our brother's girlfriend, I was like, you can have some. It's okay. But maybe it would be better if I had chilled it. Yeah, maybe. Like a normal human individual. Maybe. Could exactly be that. Luckily, our brother gave us a cork so I can take some home. So then I can chill it there. Actually chilled. Kevin, would you like some non-chilled? Well, you know, you sold it so well. No, I don't think I will. Audience, bitch bubbly. Chill your wine. (laughs) Just Just in general. (sighs) <sighs> All right. So what I learned from this uh, scene is that Marissa 
drives to Ryan's to pick him up. Yes. Yes. Seth does not drive Ryan to school anymore. No. No. And maybe Seth also sometimes carpools with them. Because the three of them, like, that would make sense. And I think there is a line where she's like, you and Seth can find a ride. I know. When she gets angry. She says, you can find a ride, which means Seth is abandoned at the school as well. Great. Um... So, like, yeah, no, she yeah. drives. This is one of those things that I'm like, boy, I bet th- I bet they're uh, regretting making her move away now. Because this would be really convenient. These scenes make, would make a lot more sense. If she lived next door. But she picks him up on the way. You know what? I can't imagine Newport is big. I'm sure it is not far for her to drive. Yeah. 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 So, Marissa, yeah. during this convo, is, like, very cute but very self-centered. She She's wants like, to know what, what's, what they said about her because she seems they talk about her. But instead, Ryan tells her what happened because yeah. he loves his girlfriend. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't like secrets, right? But yes. he wants. But he. But he won't tell anyone. Not even Seth. Not only can he not lie, he can't keep a secret from Marissa. Uh, which so he tells her, and then they go. Then they you know walk into the main house, and then Seth is like, "What? What are you guys on Central Time?" And I was like. Nope, that reference doesn't work. That's a yeah, that's a weird reference. Because Pacific time is an hour behind Central time. Yeah. So if he if they're supposed to pick him up at like seven a.m. Yeah. That is eight a.m. Central time. So yeah. So Marissa is in fact picking him up two so hours late. They would be late. His goof, real bad. So. Er- what? No. You no, know, it would be funnier if they were on East Coast time. And he was like, "What? What are you?" On central time? Because then they would think they're on time. But in fact, they pick him up an hour late. But what he's implying is that they are so late, they are in fact two hours late. In this weird parallel I've set up. No, Aaron, the goof is that they were late because they were thinking they're in a different time zone. Because they thought they were on time, but they're actually late. Yeah. I don't understand what you don't get about this goof. It's not a good goof. It's a fine goof. Okay, so right now. Oh my god, alright, yeah, sure, what is it? Right now it is um, 10.06. Mountain time. Mountain time. So, Pacific time. Yeah. It is 9.06. Yes. Central time, it is, it is 8.06. Central time. Central time is 11.06. Right, sorry. <laughs> so, if you were. Supposed to pick me up yeah. at 10 p.m. Yeah. You would currently be six minutes late. Yeah. If you thought it was central time. Yeah. I would be an would hour be an late. an hour and six minutes late. Yeah. If we lived in Pacific time, which is when California is. Yeah. You would be two hours and six minutes late. Okay. However, Ryan and Marissa are already late. So that's, so Seth's saying, what? Do you think it's central time? What? Makes them more late than they already are. <laughs> Aaron, it's just a goof that, like, they, they were in a different time zone. It's not funny. It makes a lot of sense. It makes sense, but it's not funny. It's... It's... it's the not, time zones are shifting in the wrong way. Aaron, it's not supposed... What? No, they're setting the... Oh, my... Oh. But Seth is implying they are already late. So if they thought they were in a time zone that is earlier, that makes them even more late. But if they're in... If, perhaps, this scene took place in mountain time... <laughs> yeah. And they were... On time. Or they were six minutes late. Aaron, if let's say you wanted to pick me okay, I can't believe we're doing this. Let me say you wanted I wanted you to pick me up at eight AM. Yeah. You arrive there at nine AM. Yeah. And then I say, What are you on central time? It's because when you were you arriving because you're arriving there at nine p nine AM. Yes. Yes. But then I would already know I was late. I would in fact be two hours late to pick you up if I was on central time. The joke would be if I was an hour late to pick you up and you said what? 
do you think you're on Pacific time? Because I would think I was on time. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, this, Aaron, it's, just, it's not even supposed to be a good joke. It's a Seth joke. It is the worst joke. It is the worst joke in this episode, and it is not thought through, and they should have just cut it. It's uh, the joke. D- the joke would be funny if they didn't live in the latest time zone. I don't think it's supposed to be funny. It's just supposed to be like he does an awkward joke when they enter the room. But it's not. We a- cannot talk about this anymore, Aaron. I don't think this you is a podcast about comedy. Joke. We cannot. We cannot have you try to d- dissect a joke and tear it apart through logic. It's, it's not funny. It's, though. Ju- it's not supposed to be funny. It's just a bad joke. It's but- specifically supposed to be a bad joke. But it's made worse. If California was on Central Time, I would accept this joke. Aaron, if if that joke happened, if there was a moment in that scene where Seth goes, even if he see, even if he said, "What are you on Pacific Time?" and you went, <laughs> I'd be like, Aaron, you're wrong. No, but. It's still it's still a dad joke. The point of the joke is that it's a dad joke. Yes, I it's don't understand. Why? But then why are you tearing it apart? Why are you why are you looking at the logistics and being like <laughs> Because it's so illogical. If they're already late, why does his joke make them more late? That's not funny. That's not chastising. There is nothing to be gained by that line. At the school. Luke is really aggressive, and Seth has no idea what's going on. Also, he tries to talk to the girls, but much like how he can't make jokes that make any form of sense, that would just make his friends slap him, he also can't talk to the girls. Well, I like that also he answers, he enters through his new theme music, which tells you that he's going to be talking to the girls. Also, you know how Seth could solve all of his problems? By having a straight and honest conversation with them? No, by color coordinating with Anna and Summer. They are color-coordinated costume-wise in every single scene. I mean, sure, I mean, yes, but they are not costume-coordinated because Anna, in this scene, killed and skinned a Muppet and is wearing it on her head. In a Newsboys cap style. And she was wearing a pink hat, and what is she wearing on the rest of her body? She is wearing a purple sweater and some sort of blazer and a white skirt and some teal leggings. She wanted to hit all the colors. However, when Summer enters... Her sweater is the same color as Anna's, mm-hmm. which is how you know if Seth had just worn his purple sweater, <laughs> they like, would all be friends. Ah, due to color theory, I see that we are now allies. And like later, they're both wearing white and black skirts. And if Seth had just worn a white sweater and some black pants, they'd all be on the same team. So we get a little bit another trip at the... Uh... Another trip to the Yoga Lotties change room. Which, what is this gym? Uh, there's, it's, it's us. Because. <laughs> it is 95% change room, Aaron. There's like a lot of offstage conversations with like, I heard this. Well, I heard this. And all of a sudden this woman looks in and she's like, guess what I overheard on the elliptical. And I'm like, what? I thought it was a Yoga Lottie studio. I think it's, it's like one of those, like Good Life, where it's a gym, but they also have classes terrible it's not that great uh so they talk essentially they talk about houses kirsten offers an olive branch of like you know if you sell your house it can help you find another house yeah (laughs) i i heard sandy told me what's going on do you understand that jimmy has no money and i found him a place i can find you a place all you gotta do is pretend you're an actor there or a show suite (laughs) you might have to eat cereal sometimes i know it's a grain but you can do it also, you might have to close that boy fight club that's in your basement. <laughs> and then Julie's like, your dad says I can't find a house. 
Your dad says I can't have a house. He won't help me. So I broke up with him. Yeah, apparently Caleb straight panicked. He was just like, I'm going to lose my house. I need to find a new one. He's like, this is a conflict. I can't do that. No, no. Like, Caleb even... loves conflicts of interest. That doesn't sound like the Caleb we know. I feel like Caleb was like, I could probably find you a house. It might take me some time. And Julie was like, <gasps> that means no. This is a breakup. Because so, otherwise, why did this conversation happen off stage? Yeah, and like, it, it's a weird, very telly bit. And also, Julie, at, at this point, she's like real, it feels like she's really trying to be a victim. Because she throws says like, yeah, I don't have anything. Because now they'll all know that my, my boyfriend dumped me, my ex-husband's going to jail, and I don't have a place to live. I'm like, all three of those things don't have to be true. Yeah. Jimmy could not go to, like, you could have. You could sell your house, and then Jimmy won't go to jail. Yeah. And Caleb will date you. Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> the, those three things are not facts that have to happen. Also, even if you sell your house, Caleb will probably still date you. And Jimmy will not go to jail. Yeah, like, like here's the thing. Worst case scenario, your boyfriend dumped you and you don't have a place to live. But your ex-husband isn't in jail. You know where you can move into? The apartment. Yeah. <laughs> then you're just living with your ex-husband. You and Marissa can share the pullout and your child can sleep on the floor in Jimmy's room. Are they officially room. divorced or are they still just separated? I don't even think they're she separated. Says, she says ex-husband, which makes me think that... That is not how fast divorce works. They probably have not even filed for separation yet because yeah. Julie seems bad at those things. See how quick it happens with um, Karsten. That's true. <laughs> oh, Karsten. So, all the noopsies noopsie about this because <laughs> it turns out that some woman on the elliptical overheard something about Luke's dad. Do we know that's what it is, or do we just know that she overheard? She said she it was said, a dealership. Yeah, so we know it has something to do with Kirsten. Yeah, so you can figure out we what it is. We have no details, and Kirsten's like, this is the worst place on life. Uh, we cut over to uh, to Sandy and God, Jimmy. Jimmy where and, he is Team Jimmy. And Sandy low-key throws out, what if we make Julia? <laughs> what if we say that Julia's a co-conspirer? What if we throw Julia under the bus just a little bit? And Jimmy's like, oh. <laughs> is that, can we do that? Oh, I can make a few calls. I'm like, whoa, Sandy. Sandy, just, you hate Julie. Just some like, like straight up just like low-key espionage. It's fantastic. I feel like Sandy is super <laughs> not Team Julie right now because yeah. Julie wrecked his plan to set Rachel up with Jimmy. Yeah, and he's did. like, I just want to get rid of Rachel. She ruined a lot of his Thanksgiving. It's true. Um, and then Jimmy, Jimmy, who had for a long time had some cool. Loses all of his loses cool. Loses all of his cool. He's like, man, you know what? Everything's going great. Everything's going super good. I should tell Sandy that I kissed his wife. <laughs> Sandy, you know how everything's awesome right now? I kissed your wife. And then he's like, I didn't. And he's like, I feel like you only know Kristen's side of the story. And then he should have just, like, backpedaled and been like, well, you know, you only know her side of the story from our breakup. And I feel like she probably said some pretty bad things about me when we were 22. So I'm glad now that we're grown-ups. No, cool. Jimmy's like, there should be no more secrets between us. We are as lovers now. And he's like, well, this is weird. I mean, I drank just, like, a glass of bubbly rosé. And I still came up with a better lie than Jimmy. <laughs> Just saying. But no, he tells uh, he tells Sandy that he um, that he kissed his wife on the mouth, and, and Sandy, Sandy is... is like, "Huh? Well, great." <laughs> like, like Sandy is like, 
angry and confused and and like he thinks maybe jimmy's lying or like confused about when things happen so i know you because probably when you dated her wait do you mean when more recently sandy cohen lawyering uh then then we're at the school yeah and and summer has somehow found out about luke's dad well you know how these stories pass you if the noopsies were the ones who were gossiping who told Summer? No, Summer heard from her parents. Summer doesn't have parents. She lives in a pool house. <laughs> Summer overheard through the walls. Great. See, you see, what happened was that Summer <laughs> was creeping around in some uh, trees, trying, uh. to, trying to get some squirrels. She made herself a sweet new vest so she could match with Anna. Great. Uh, and then she overheard the, some of the noopsies telling, like, their husbands that... That um, Luke's Carson, dad. yeah, Carson, Car- Carson's, Carson's got a gay lover. He's not the straight. I mean, he's got. Oh no, he's gay with the lover. He's got a gay. They're <laughs> both gay. He's gay with a lover. He's gay with a lover. So he's got a gay lover. These people, they're not handling the situation with the class and respect that we have in 2017. <laughs> this is straight. This is straight up 2004, like rich society, and it's like not comfortable especially high school like it yeah. is it is 2004 high school and it, it ain't cool to have a gay dad in 2004 high school it is not uh but like so the rich woman spilled the beans but luke thinks ryan did and ryan thinks marissa did ryan and... doesn't trust anyone i mean once again logical yeah yeah he only told one he person, only told one person and, and now, now everyone, everyone knows, knows. <laughs> it's a reasonable leap of logic yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate but it's yeah. true so uh, then um, we have some at-home scenes where everyone deals with conflicts in grown-up ways. Yes. Sandy confronts Kiki about the kiss. Yeah. And though they're on opposite sides, they're still pretty respectful about it. Well, it's very – he's really clear that he's not really – he's not even fully upset that it happened. He's upset that she just didn't tell him. She didn't tell him and she was so mad about Rachel. Yeah. When something worse happened in <laughs> her this, own life, all this open and blunt, sus- like and not, it's not. A, you can, I don't even use the word suspicion. No, it's just like open dialogue. Yeah, like they openly talk about it. Yeah. Then we cut to dinner, where on one hand it's super weird. The grown-ups are drinking different types of wine, but there's only one wine bottle on the table. You know, you know that Kirsten got her own wine. But where's her bottle? She finished it, Aaron. On the other hand, it's pretty cool. The parents are like, Seth, stop making homophobic jokes. Yeah, Seth's not, Seth not super sensitive to gay people. And the parents are like, hey. And neither are the noopsies. We raised you better, but we're not going to say that. But, like, their life is hard. Stop making those goofs. The series, the, the series does a good job of making it. I mean, they still, they kind of border the line. They sort of, like, try to have it both ways by never being entirely... But I'm never making entirely clear why people are, like, so upset by this. Mm-hmm. But I, f- I can feel the series leaning toward it's just people upset because he lied about it for so long. Yes. And that's why Luke's upset. And I think they are on board with, like, the grown-ups yeah. are homophobic. And that's wrong. Yes. And Seth... For as like open minded as he thinks he is, he's still a dumb sheltered teenager. Yeah, and well he's 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 doing And he's finally found something where he's like, Hey, this guy has made fun of me for so long. Now something has happened yeah. that other people will make, make fun, fun of, of him. And and, and I now would I like can to, make fun of him like other people do. I would like to pile on to that. Yeah. And then the parents are like, Seth, no pile on? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah. Yeah. No pile on. Um 
uh, this is when they they go to um, they're at the, the yoga retreat and the noopsies yeah. are continually awful. Yeah, they they are straight gay bashing. And then Julie and Kiki are like, "We can't be here." <laughs> I like how Julie is also like. No, you know what? For, for all the evilness I have, for all the absolute horrible things I have done, no homophobia. She's like, I hate that teenager, <laughs> but he has directly affected my life. This man being gay? I don't care about that. That has no impact on my day-to-day operations. You guys are wrong and bad. Like, there's no moment where she clarifies that she's actually upset because, like, she actually doesn't like him because they're talking about, like, a someone getting a divorce yeah. no no she it really seems like she's just like i don't like these people making fun of this game man let's go have some beer and some fried food yeah they head off as the um noopsies give us a good old classic noopsies so one of the things that one of them says is like i never hit on me that's how i know and i'm like, You're like i mean <laughs> sure 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 this sounds terrible so we have another scene where the costuming is on point while Summer and Anna bond, but their yep. bonding is properly destroyed by Seth apologizing to both of them and treating them <laughs> sort of as like I mean, he's on it. He's just straight up honest with them. He, ma- he makes no real like plays or anything. He's yeah. just like, this is how I felt. This is what I did. I'm really sorry. You're both really awesome. I'm going to go. I know you're different people and I shouldn't treat you as if you're the same interchangeable hot female archetype. Bye. And, and you know it's fine because we used to be friends does not play. So now they're friends again. So on the nose. They've seen each other at all. I love that his theme, his theme <laughs> episode is we used to be friends. I actually wrote OF, it's working, because you just know there's going to be like nine more episodes of this ish. Yeah. Well, l- let's, let's deal with that ish later. Let's go, let's go to an actual like nice scene with Julie. Yeah. Julie and Kirsten do some real bonding. Over the, over the terrible father. Slash boyfriend. Kaylin! Yeah. Parent calls Kirsten Kiki. She's eh about it. Um, Though ever calls Julie Juju. Which she hates. And also, not that great. Not a good nickname. Strange enough, also the nickname he calls Sandy behind his back. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Caleb's not a nice person. You know what? He's just as bad as the noopsies. It's either that or he he only wants to remember the first two letters of someone's names. So (laughs) Sandy is Sasa, Seth is Cece. Ryan is Ryan. Ryan, which I would love to hear Caleb say. So that means Anna is Anna. Anan. It's Anan. <laughs> Anan. Great. Yes. Um. So no, it's a really cute scene. It's You're a like, nice scene. Hey, I get how these women have lived next to each other for like a million years. Yeah, because like because at the core of it, they both and have the same. And they're both outsiders. Yeah. Really. Like though they both made a real point of being a part of this new point environment. Newport environment. They are well, it's outsiders this interesting at the core. Thing because they're both outsiders, but Julie wants so bad to be an insider, and Kirsten understands that she needs to be an insider. Mm-hmm. Like, Kirsten understands that she needs to do this stuff. Julie wants to do this stuff. But they both understand how absurd some of this stuff is. Yes. Um, so, then we go to Luke's house, which they've done a really good job of, again, making this massive house yeah. instead of chaotic really awkward yeah it's a big house everyone's just sort of like in the same separate. spot but but still separate and there are bags packed yeah. and it's just bad and Karsten wants to talk to Luke but Luke does not want to talk to Karsten yeah. and 
Luke and Ryan and Marissa end up on a baseball pitch. Luke leaves. <laughs> and then I guess Ryan and Marissa followed him. And they end up on the baseball pitch drinking some beer. But only Luke. Everyone else is just kind of. Well, well, Luke is drinking. They're drinking. Do they have beers? Yeah. They're, okay. holding, they're holding them down. Like they, like they're Luke, like barely Luke holding them. Luke is constantly drinking. Yeah. They just are drinking. Um I mean, you know, this is a great scene, and Marissa knows what it's like to have a dad who does not do well. Yeah. And Luke does seem to honestly be, like, he seems he's conflicted about, you know, homosexuality, because it's what he uses as a primary offense. But he's also loves his dad. Yeah. He's, like, really trying to process this stuff. And it seems like he's mostly upset over the fact that his dad was essentially absent. Like, yeah. Like, his... His dad wasn't there for a lot of his games, and now he now he like essentially he's going over every moment that his dad was like, uh, "Can't be there, sport." And he's like, "Were you at work, like you said, yeah. or were you with a man?" Yeah, yeah, and which is what helps him bond with Ryan more because they both essentially bond over like absentee, absentee fathers. fathers. At which point, some people arrive out of the darkness who don't go to their school. <laughs> They're wearing like some green. But they play zip ups. Okay, they play sports. But let me look at it this way: one of them looks like he's wearing a, ba- a baseball jersey. Someone else literally is wearing a shirt that has a soccer ball on it, and I think another person is wearing a football shirt. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, there's just guys from the other school. Guys from the other school that they like. They, they wanted. They they heard about the kid with the gay dad, and yeah. they're like, "I bet I know where we'll find him." And, and they're like, "Ah, yes, time to gay bash a child." So I do wonder. They make a lot. Of homophobic jokes. Yeah. And I'm not sure if the show was trying to imply these kids knew about Luke's dad or if they were trying to imply that these are the jokes the kids make in 2004 and Luke just takes them way more personally I, than anyone could expect. It is. It's unclear. It is It is unclear, honestly. Like now that when, you, when I look back at it, it's unclear if they just saw Two, two guys two, together. Two, two guys, and they know that... They, well, they don't like Luke. I cannot imagine they've met Ryan. <laughs> but, like... Ryan they, has not played a soccer game yeah. yet. But they know Luke's, like, the captain of soccer and co- captain yeah. of water polo. So, and... so who knows if they're doing... Like, because I, I can't honestly remember if there's a line where they reference his dad. No, they're just like, oh, what? You're with your boyfriend? Yeah. Oh, what? Some homos? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, and and Luke is like, like uh, well, now time to fight you. And Ryan's like, I'm the OC. <laughs> Ryan tries... To break up the fight for a moment until one of the other guys touches him. And he's like, well, <laughs> like, time to time to punch. Oh, wait. You've broken the one rule of the OC. You, you t- initiated the fight. Which which Luke which, and Ryan, now best friends. Best, best friends. They do, what I, what, they do the OC punch together. They, like, look at each other and then they punch. Now, the, now I'm going to, for the audience, I'm going to clarify to you. What is the OC punch, you might ask? The OC punch is where your entire body goes into it. Where, like, you lock your arm and then just rotate your body. And, and that and the person you punch, they go down. They go down. That is, that is how, uh, that's how Luke punched out Ryan. Yep. That's how Ryan eventually punched out Luke. That's how... If, Greg and, punched out Jimmy. If anyone gets punched, it's a full... And they do it in such a way that their clothing, like, riffle, like yeah. ruffles. So you can't really tell how they're swinging. Yeah. It's like, it's like, we know how to do one punch. They only have one very lowly trained yeah. fight director. But this pu- learned one thing. <laughs> what this punch does do is summon about 12 other men. Which out of the darkness. Like, 
Oh no. And where do they come from, Aaron? It's a it's a baseball field. Yeah, didn't these people I mean, the first fight, didn't Ryan and Luke see these people walking up? They literally like they literally appear there like out five of the feet darkness. behind them and just like rise out. It's like in Pirates of the Caribbean when the skeletons rise from the depths of the ocean. It's like it's exactly like that. They fight yeah. so Ryan and Luke have to fight some skeletons. Meanwhile, Caleb buys the Cooper house. Oh, um, actually, we skipped over a bit. Oh, did I? We skipped, we skipped over the... We just rolled into it, but we still have to do the actual accumulation of um, Seth's thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Seth Seth is, like, off on his own, and then Summer comes up and essentially reveals, once again, that she has not no nice people. She has no idea. She's like, you apologize to me. And I have literally never met anyone who's ever done that. Also, you were nice to me. So. And I've never met anyone who has ever done that. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. So she's and like, then Anna walks up and she's, she's like, like, how about we go out on a Saturday? And he's like, okay. And then Anna wanders up and is like, I also like your apology. <laughs> Would you like to go out on Saturday? And he's like, I gotta keep being a good guy. <laughs> no, I'm. He's like, I, he goes. I can't do another one of those things. I can't do another two girls at one. We've already done this trope. Captain Oates is tired. So he's like, no, I'm going out with, uh, with Summer. With Summer. Yo. And, and she's like, well, how about... Fr-? For a second there, I was like... So, so Summer So Summer got there because she was first. But no. No, so Ad, Ada's like, well, she was first and I'll be first. Friday. And Seth's like... Uh, eh, okay. You're both here, so you know what's up. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 they're not. Oh, that's right. They're not there. <laughs> no, no. I kind of thought Summer was still lurking because she is such a no, lurker. No, no, no. Because um, Seth and Summer talked in the school. He that's left right. the school. Then Anna talked to him. In my mind, he, like, walked slightly down the hallway. No, no. No, Summer, Summer was not there. This, this is something that I'm a little more fine with because he, he is going on a date with the yes. two of them. And guess what? Young women who are watching this podcast... Slash the OC. You don't have to date only one person. Yeah. Once you have a conversation about being exclusive with one person, then you do. But prior to that, you just do your life. The way that I always was that that if you go on a certain amount of dates, you should... Have the conversation. Yeah. But you have to have the conversation. You You can't just be like, oh, hey... He's my boyfriend. He doesn't know he's my boyfriend because we haven't talked about it, but we went on five dates. No. After the end of dates where you feel like he's your boyfriend, you talk to him about being your boyfriend. And same thing with guys. Like, don't go on a whole bunch of dates with... Uh, with a girl and it's and and even with a bunch of girls and be like yeah but i don't have we're to. all exclusive everyone's cool yeah like, like we don't have to talk about like no no like figure figure your stuff out figure man. your stuff out like if you 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 can what seth is doing is act is fine, fine. like you can you you, you can, can go date on lots a, of people i'll say it's a little bit weird because he because like this because they like, know e- about each everything other. around it yeah but like hey Hey, people, if you ask someone out on a date on a Friday and then you ask someone out on a date on Saturday. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's really. That's fine. Honestly, none of their. And also, it's honestly none of their real business. But then if you really like one of those people you went on a date with and you go on like several more dates. Yeah. And you're like, hey, this person's awesome. Then you need to have a conversation with that person. Yeah. About where you're at. Are you going to date other people? No. Then you don't date other people. Yeah. That's how you do dating. <laughs> yeah. 
That's well. That's the difference between dating and being in a relationship. And we, also, get over your hangups of labels. Damn it! Just talk about stuff. Talk about where you're at. Talk about your expectations. But that's but, how you do life. But Aaron, we like to you know hang out and 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 like go to movies and like we like to do all these things. But we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. We just What's like. Up? I mean, like probably every Friday we do a something. But, like, it's a different something, and sometimes it's on a Saturday. And, yeah, like, sometimes we, like, just, like, stay in and, like, hold each other and kiss, and we just talk about our feelings. But we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. And, like, sometimes on those nights, I, like, make dinner for them, and we just, like, you know... It's real deep. We spend like eight hours together. But they're just a friend. A friend who I go on dates with. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get like married in June. It's going to be a summer wedding. And we think we're going to do it outside. And we're going to get a band there. And I think that like my my brother's going to be my best man. But we're not dating or anything. It's just like... We're just friends who get married. It's real chill. We'll like pledged our entire lives to each other. But like so nothing serious in a friend way, in like a friend loving way. This may this may seem this may seem a little bit rough, but if you don't think you can handle a relationship with someone with, with the knowledge that you are someone's boyfriend or girlfriend, maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship. And also, if, if that is like your breaking point, it's like they call me something specific. No, I'm out. Then yeah, that's probably you're done. Yeah, yeah, you're done. And like we recognize that there are polyamorous relationships out there too. But still, but still you, you have pledge yourself work, to you, like two or three people yeah, you, or four or five. You have, but you, you also have terms for that. Yeah, you, you like acknowledge the relationships that you're in. Yeah. And also we're saying this in very, very like straight ways. <laughs> you can also just be boyfriend and boyfriend. Like it's. Yeah, you can, you can do whatever you, you do, want. You can do whatever you want. Just make it clear. Like make sure the person you're doing this thing with knows what's up. It'll give you so, so much less headaches. Um, so Caleb boy. bought the Cooper house. Yeah, Caleb bought the Cooper house, and that does that does not make Kirsten feel good. But she like appreciates that Julie's trying to be friends with her. Yeah, Kirsten and Sandy talk up their problems like adults do. That's great. Um, then Luke and Ryan and Marissa wander in, and we find out that <laughs> Luke was the only person fighting in this fight. Marissa and Luke are holding. No, Marissa and Ryan are holding Luke up, and Luke looks like he took. A car to the face. Ryan's hair's a little bit off. Ryan was like maybe grazed across this cheekbone. Yeah. Maybe. And it might have been because Luke reared back a punch and got him. Yeah. Because once again, Ryan's the OC. He knows how to fight. Luke is just the man. So uh, everyone's real concerned. The parents would like to call Luke's dad. And they, and they, and do, they do. Immediately. Because, I assume he lives close. Yeah. Luke is like. No, no, no. And the parents are like, we don't care what teenagers say. Then Luke say. and Marissa go inside and are like, hey, we want to be cool? Yeah, let's be cool. Bright lights. <laughs> so there's Luke's dad. Yeah, Karsten. And um, Seth is very clear. He's like, if Luke doesn't want to go home, he doesn't have to go home. And Karsten's like, yeah, I just need to like move away. My yeah. kids hate me. Maybe we, should, maybe we should just abandon everything. I've just like wrecked our entire <laughs> life. So running away is the solution. And Sandy's like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm Sandy Cohen. You show all these people that they're wrong. That's what I've done my entire life. You As s- you know, I'm from the Bronx. You you stay here, Carson, and you keep selling your cars. And then Luke comes down the stairs and he's like, hey, Dad, I need my shoes. <laughs> I got punched in the face a whole bunch. And Carson's like, 
Everything's happening in my heart. The the actor for Carson gives the best on-screen crying I have seen right? in years. Carson kills it. That that actor I I would believe was hired off of his ability to summon up tears. Because he doesn't summon up like, you know, like full-on bawling. He doesn't like like do the pain like he's trying to cry. But you just know he, that he has seen his son. Yeah. And he cannot control what's happening in his heart. Yeah, his eyes become lakes and just like everything goes red. But he keeps like... He like keeps, keeps it under control. He keeps that face. He, that actor knows how to cry. <laughs> And, like, he was definitely hired off his tears because he does not look like Luke. <laughs> no, no. But he just... Oh, Karsten kills this scene. Yeah, good. And you're like, hey, these guys, they're going to be okay. And Sandy's speech is so good. He gives such a good speech that it reconnects him with Kirsten. And you know. You know it's from the heart. That's how Sandy Cohen talks. Yeah. Uh, then head into the, so we cut the next day, head into the school, and now the squad is there. And for some reason, Seth has his skateboard. He's gotta, he's gotta show that he's a cool kid who skates along. So what we acknowledge is, like, all of the kids in the squad, which is Luke, Ryan, Marissa, and Seth. Yeah. They all have something. Yeah. That made them, like... That, 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 pe- that people at the school will make fun of them for. Exactly. But they're just gonna walk into that school... It's gonna suck. Yeah, but then it's gonna be okay because they know because they know that they're strong. And Aaron, this is the twelfth episode, and I feel like that could have been the the, the series finale. I I I feel like that could have been the series premiere. That's fair. Like the the fact that like twelve episodes in, we have this clear understanding that you have these four people who were all like outcasts who were on top and have been destroyed but well, now some of them but now they're like bound for life <laughs> and that's how the oc does like yeah. any other tv show would be like premiere but this tv show is like no no this we're show, gonna get there this show knows how to pace because it makes the moment when they all walk in there together feel so good your heart it explodes because you know what ryan's been through you know what marissa's been through you know what luke's been through you know what seth's been through you know what they all four of them have been through so the moment where they all like have this like shoulder to shoulder like walking across the line like is uh, and the best thing is the school does not realize. Yeah. There's no moment. No one acknowledges it. There's no slow clap. This is not Mean Girls. Yeah. It's just a moment for them. Yeah. And that is exactly what it's like to be a teenager. You have all these moments where you're like, hey, I just figured out a part of what makes me a person. Oh, guys. um, The homecoming was like good in like a quirky, <laughs> like sitcom-y way. But this episode... Just, oh, this is a good episode, guys. If you watched three OC episodes, you watched the premiere. You watched the episode where Marissa overdoses in Mexico. You watched this episode. The secret. You got it. All right. So, Aaron. Yeah. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? It was challenging, guys. So, um, as you know, the CW moment is a moment where logic overrides, sorry, where drama overrides, like, logic or storytelling. And this is a pretty well-paced, good story episode. And despite episode. being, like, very dramatic, I don't feel like it was overly dramatic. No, I buy into the drama. Yeah. So, I think my CW moment has to be Seth's bad joke. <laughs> 
We're not going to talk about it? No, we're not going to talk about it because I, I, I can't. I can't talk about it anymore. I can't talk about it either. But I just I, can't. I can't pick anything else. I normally like star things in my notes. Yeah. And y'all, I got no stars. I have nothing. I have nothing. Good. It's all that episode. What's your CW moment? Well, Aaron, my CW moment is not only moment not I didn't just pick it just because it shows drama over logic and reason. It took obviously <laughs> obviousness over logic and reason, <laughs> and that was the choice of we used to be friends being played <laughs> three times every single time. Every single time that Seth talked to Anna and Summer, until we used, he fixed until it. he fixed it, we used we used to be playing friends played. And always the moment where the lead singer goes, we used to be friends. And I'm like, this is the most on-the-nose song choice in the history of film. It's like the director of this episode was friends with the lead singer of the Dandy Warhols. And he was like, yeah, I can't get the song for free. You it's have a, fine. You have a song called We Used to Be Friends? I have an episode... With a kid who used to be friends with people. They're both like up and coming artists and they're just like, yeah, we'll help each other. Let's do it's good. Let's, do, let's play that song every time. One music cue would be fine. Three was uh, excessive. It was a lot of music It gave cues. him the theme song. And it was not the theme song of the show. <laughs> no, it was the theme song of Veronica Mars, which also made it funny. <laughs> Yes. Because we know the future. It was not super funny in 2004, but in like 2005, which is when Veronica Mars came out, <laughs> so, landed. So one year later. One year later. On the same, uh, same network. Same network. So if you like that, you should, uh, should give us a rating, review, subscription. We went a little bit long today. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think because we talked about a joke for a long time. He's looking at me. It was a bad joke, guys. Hey, Aaron, I'm going to be honest. That might be in the episode. It might not. Kevin might cut it. Who knows? You know what? You should cut it, but keep this part where we talk about it. No, it's going to be funny. So people will wonder. Uh, you should give us a rating, review, subscription, Apple Podcasts. Uh, five-star ratings really helps people find us, but you know what helps people find us more? If you talk about us on Instagram, on Twitter, on... In real life. On real life. You can talk to talk about us on Facebook. We don't have Facebook, but you can talk about us. Yeah. 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 Tell, you, tell your friends. Tell your family. And the thing to remember is we don't publicize this podcast other right. than when we like aggressively talk about people, talk about this show to people at dinner. Hey, everyone likes teen dramas. Everyone loves Riverdale. And everyone, <laughs> everyone. loved the OC. Yeah. Like... They they get it. People get it. Um, if you do want to talk about us on the interwebs, though, you can direct people to our social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We have email. It's all podcastmoa, podcastmoa. Our email is podcastmoa at gmail.com. But it's really easy to remember. Hit us up. I am constantly checking our social media, even if I'm not doing it. But, like, interact with me. Tell me what you like. Do you want to help me... Help me help you stalk Kevin. I can do that. Oh, that's a weird thing. It's a thing now. Okay. How will Kirsten deal with living next to her father? Will Luke survive not being the popular kid anymore? Will Veronica Mars figure out what caused the bus to crash and why did all of the rich no, kids air, get air, off air, the... Air. Wrong, wrong shot. Wrong shot. All right. For answers to all this and more, join us next week 
on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast. <laughs> <laughs>